You're listening to the Slumber Party Podcast with your host, Amanda Jusen, a mum of two girls, a child and infant sleep expert, and general sleep lover. If you're a tired parent who is desperate for answers or just someone who loves sleep, this podcast was created just for you. Each episode is packed full of tips and tricks to help you maintain your sanity as well as your social life during the early stages of parenthood. So grab your headphones, it's time to get comfy. I am super excited about this episode because today I got a chance to sit down with client Erica and talk to her all about night weaning. Why I don't talk about it, all the things that you need to consider, what you need to talk about and think about with your doctor. Um, I think we got to the nitty gritty here and I'm super excited that we did this podcast and I encourage you to take a listen. Okay. Erica, are you there? Hi, Amanda. Hi, how are you? Oh, we're doing okay this morning. Yes. How how are how's your life? Well, um, <laughs> I have a seven month old little boy um, who has you know been awesome so far. I'm a first time mom, um, and you know we moved to our new home when he was like eight weeks old, so that was fun. Um, so it feels like <laughs> life is good, but it's, you know, a constant, um, exercise of trying to get our new house ready and trying to take care of our dog. And then, cause we're very enthusiastic dog parents. <laughs> um, yes. and, and that is a whole thing that I, th- I was actually, I was speaking about this with another client, um, that we, like, we also have a dog and I remember having the baby and being like, yeah, so, you know, we're not going to worry about our dog walker anymore. I'm just going to do that. And then I found it so incredibly hard to walk the dog. And I remember being like, I'm so embarrassed about this. Why is it so hard? But it is. Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. And everyone kind of jokes that the dog will take a back seat or, you know, she becomes like second in line, but we, are working really hard for that not to happen. So sometimes it's stressful to balance both of them. And she has a lot of, you know, high energy needs. So I'm lucky that my husband gets a good amount of time off work so we can sort of tackle that together at least. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And I, I had you on because you had reached out on Instagram about a topic that admittedly I have been avoiding. Um, and I kind of wanted to just have a dialogue about it. Um, I don't know that people are going to turn off this podcast and be like, yes, all of the answers are here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you some things to think about. So you, you reached out. Why don't you talk to me about your question? Sure. Um, so basically um, I thought, you know, because my baby kind of after the four month sleep regression, um, we worked on him falling asleep independently. So for months now, he's been falling asleep for all naps and bedtime, like totally by himself. Um, so I thought, you know, because he did that, that I would start getting more sleep. Uh, but between night feeding and the fact that he's an early riser, um, I'm finding I'm like more exhausted than I was in the first three months when he kind of had that great newborn sleep. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So despite having this baby who, you know, falls asleep independently, um, I'm still very, very tired seven months in and I'm starting to be like, oh my gosh, is this going to be my entire maternity leave? I'm just going to be exhausted all the time. What's going to happen when I go back to work? And I read that you shouldn't night wean until nine months from a couple people. Um, one of my, my naturopath told me nine months, like I'm not positive where the number nine comes from. Um, yeah. 
but I'm like, when I start night we- night weaning or if I night wean, A, what does that look like? B, am I doing sleep training in that case? Um, and then C, I mean, I have a whole bunch of other, like he nurses five or six times a day and eats solids three times a day. So I'm like, is he really hungry? <laughs> um, yeah. So all my maternity leave ideas about like working out or reading or having those nice walks and visits with friends have kind of gone out the window because I'm just like rotating between being exhausted and trying to nap and housework. (laughs) Absolutely. And how many times right now is your baby night feeding? Uh, It's one or two. um, And then typically awake for the day between five and five 45. Okay. So this is such an interesting thing because I think you have, you said something that I liked in your description that you said, I don't know where the number nine came from. No. And I, I always think about that as well. So I'll, I'll kind of, I'm going to um, explain this in a really long way. Sure. <laughs> um, but essentially night feeding is one of those things where is partly it needs to be a biological thing. Like does baby need to eat? Do they need those calories? And then the other part of that is a preferential thing. I think, um, if your baby is healthy. So I'm really reluctant to ever give very descriptive advice about, um, uh, you know, openly and I guess publicly about night feeding because Mm -hmm. it, my suggestions really do range from client to client. Um, so I'll, I'll take you through the things that I'm considering when I'm thinking about night feeding or not. Um, and then I'll, I guess I'll start off with my personal experience. So with, with both of my kids, and I've said this on this podcast of 50 million times, I am sleep obsessed. I, um, was crazy about getting my kids to sleep pretty early on. Um, and by three months, they were falling asleep independently, napping independently. And I want to say waking for maybe one feed between four and five. And then at around five and six, no, I want to say about four to five months, they just stopped night feeding. They just would get up at, you know, six. I'd feed them and we would start our day. And then it just wasn't a thing. Like we didn't have to really think about it or, or, you know, night wean as you're talking about, or do sleep training in that way, because it just kind of happened really naturally. And so that happened with my first, it also happened with my second. Um, and I didn't really think about it, a night weaning or a, like, this is the time that we have to get rid of it. That's just what my babies did. Right. So, uh, I feel like when I when I hear these suggestions, like your baby has to eat till nine months, I think about my kids and I'm like, I couldn't have, uh, why would I have gone in there, you know, mm-hmm. if they were help, healthy and happy and sleeping? Um, and when I'm working with four to six month old babies, we're definitely including night feeding. We're letting them lead the way in terms of that. So what I mean is like, we always plan for the night feed, but if your baby sleeps through, we're not, we are not going to wake them. Um, now, obviously in reducing night feedings, we need to take in consideration two things. So number one, is baby healthy enough to stop night feeding? In my experience, healthy babies don't 
stop like they don't starve their se- themselves. Um, <laughs> most doctors would agree with me. If your baby stops eating at night and you are worried and there are concerns, I've, I always, even for my clients, I'm not a doctor. You should definitely go and visit your doctor and have a dialogue and conversation about when to stop night feeding. Um, I will say all of this with a caveat. My girls were big fat babies. And anytime I talk to my doctor about feeding stuff, she would just laugh at me and be like, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> it's like, fine, fine, fine. I get it. Um, yeah. Like so, our little guy's uh, 21 pounds now. Like, right. like he's definitely not, you know, his weight's not a concern. <laughs> well, that, that's a factor, right? That, that would be something in your brain that you would have to, okay, that's one factor. He's, he's gaining well, he's eating well, all of that is good. So are you breastfeeding right now, yes. Erica? Okay. So this is the other consideration that when we reduce the amount of night feeding your child is doing, there could be impact on your breast milk supply. Okay. And that is, concern. So for some people, like, again, I sound like an asshole because I know breastfeeding is hard for many. I had a supply to feed my whole street. That (laughs) comes with its own set of problems, I assure you. Uh But my supply was never an issue for me. Um, And so it didn't affect my daytime supply at all. There will be, there will be mothers who stop night feeding and their daytime supply takes a dip. Um, For most, it is temporary. Um, And when I am working with clients, I'm, I'm helping them with some strategies into increase their daytime um, uh, supply. A lot of what's going to happen is your baby is going to get the same amount of calories. They're just going to reallocate when they're eating. So you might notice for the first week, them kind of pulling at the breast a little bit and encouraging more milk production during the day. And within, you know, four to five days, it's going to reallocate to the daytime. Um, There are some tips and tricks that I help my clients um, to make that a little bit faster. So one of which is pumping in the morning after you have finished feeding baby. Your milk is more plentiful in the morning. We have more of it. So we want to encourage production at that time. Um, And then before you go to bed at night, just a pump. And for the first little while, you're not going to get a lot. And we shouldn't really be looking at our output, our pumping output and being like, this is how good or or how bad my supply is because your baby always is the most efficient um, sucker, basically, (laughs) of, of Right. So we don't really have to worry too much about that. And usually if you are night weaning, that can be enough to reallocate, like help speed up that reallocation. Um, there are some clients where, you know, their baby is sleeping through and they get up and, um, pump in the middle of the night or like early in the morning, like three or four in the morning, uh, just because there are supply issues. Are there any supply concerns for you? Um, well, I mean, I think similar to you, like up until around six months, um, I had like a big oversupply. <laughs> um, and then yeah. right around, and I don't know if it was connected or if my milk finally regulated, but kind of right around, you know, doing solids, I felt like it dipped. Um, mm-hmm. But my lactation yeah. consultant, who I had worked with uh, from the beginning, because breastfeeding has been a whole other story. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, she had said, you know, like it it does regulate eventually and I was probably fine. Um, yeah. And I've always been a little obsessive about it. So I already yeah. pump before bed 
because we give a bottle at bedtime. So I always pump before bed to make the bottle for the next night. Um, And I'm getting like six or seven ounces right now at that pump. Yeah, Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I think that's okay. Um, But definitely, I don't know, during the day, I'm always very very paranoid about it because they don't feel rock solid. I'm like, they must be low. Well, actually, that's that's interesting. So, like, let's say I have a client who does stop night feeding or the baby chooses to stop night feeding. Um, And mom will be like, oh, my my breasts don't feel as full anymore. They're not as, you know, but that would make sense. So your baby is, you know, for a lot of the babies that I'm working with when we are um, starting, they could be waking every hour, right, to eat. And so when they're doing that, they, they probably don't need to eat every hour unless there is a supply concern. And again, these are the kind of things that I suss out with a family. Um, but they probably don't need to eat it every hour. So when they go down to like two feedings only a night, there will be a change in your supply. And that probably makes sense, right? It's always going to regulate to what your baby needs. And your supply probably did dip when you went on solids and it's still okay. You know, like he's replacing those calories with solids. So it's okay to have those dips um, it, when your baby is is eating extra food or um, not eating as often. So I guess, um, you know, with that being said, especially with breastfeeding, I am always reluctant to give directive advice about what to do for night feeding. So that we, you know, we, we're talking about like literally the biological and health related reasons about why that could be a concern. Mm-hmm. Um there could be moms who just can't. There can be babies that can't yet, right? That they need those calories overnight. And then who am I to go on my blog and be like, stop <laughs> night, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's tricky business. And in your so, experience, does it matter really like the size of the baby or how many solids he needs or whether or not it's an appropriate time? Or is it like some babies who are really large and really healthy and eat lots still actually need to eat at night and some who are really, you know, tiny and, you know, healthy, but smaller can forego it really early. Uh, Yes. Like I, there's no rhyme or reason. I once had a client who was, I think 11 pounds at four months. This baby did not sleep at all, at all. And mom was really, really wanting some relief. And I was, Honestly, like with this low weight, I was even worried about working with them. And I said, let's give this three days. And if it doesn't happen, I think that we should wait. Mm-hmm. Not only did that baby stop night feeding that night, he never ate again <laughs> at night. Wow. He started gaining weight during the day or from, or he started eating more during the day and gaining weight. So this is all another thing that I'm, I'm often seeing in my work. So Where I get, uh, so, okay, I'm going to pause there. So those are the health concerns that I have about night feeding and making those suggestions. So you'll never find me giving direct advice about that. And I'm not trying to be like, Ooh, you need to pay me for that secret. (laughs) Like I never, even on the street, like, I don't know, I want to be working with you. And even sometimes I'll make a suggestion and we go back, right? right? Like it really should 
responsive and personalized decision. And even one that I say, like, look, if you don't want to work with a consultant, go talk to your doctor and have that discussion with your doctor or another healthcare professional um, that can help advise you. So that's my general advice there. Mm-hmm. One thing. So then the, the two other things that come up a lot with night feeding are, um, so number one, weight issues. So you talked about like, you know, I know that there's a subset of, of babies who were slow to gain weight at the beginning. And I really think that creates anxiety for parents going forward about their baby always being hungry and never having enough, right? Like, okay, we got to feed the baby or like my supply is not enough. Yeah, it's like- funny you say that because he was, he took forever to get back to birth weight and we like balled our eyes out when like it was over two weeks and they were like, you need to go on formula now. And <laughs> And it's, I, it's so instinctual, like you've created this thing and you want to keep it alive and make it the healthiest. And then you have doctors and midwives being like, the baby needs to eat, the baby needs to eat. And you're like, I'm doing everything I can. Like, it's the worst thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then someone comes and says, you know, don't night feed. You're going to be like, you're nuts. I'm never doing that. So <laughs> then you know, I'll give you a great example. Um, And uh, yeah, this client is comfortable with me sharing about this because she wrote it in her review. Um, So I had a client who was over like a certain weight. I'm not even going to give numbers because I don't want to give anyone any ideas, but over a certain weight, over a certain age, she was just about to turn uh, seven months. And just with her profile, I thought like, you know, she was still eating a lot at night. And for some babies, not all, but some babies who are still eating at night, it reduces their drive to eat during the day because Uh their body is like, meh, I can have my calories whenever I want to have my calories. So then what happens is we have these babies who aren't eating a lot during the day. Like, so for this baby, um, at most she was eating like a three ounce bottle or like half a bottle basically. And so they were like, you're telling me now to remove these feeds. And I know how much she eats during the day. Like this seems totally crazy. And I understand that anxiety. And I said, look, if this doesn't work, we will definitely go back to your way. Cause I'm not in the business of starving babies or making babies unhealthy. So this baby, um, again, low birth weight, like lower weight in general, slower to gain weight. We removed the night feeds. She started pounding daytime bottles and jumped her curve at the next visit. Oh, wow. Like this is, this happens so often to me and my clients that it's, it's just something that people should think about if down the road, I would say between that seven and nine month time, um, you are having feeding issues during the day. It might be worth a discussion with your doctor about moving those calories to the daytime to have more efficient eating, less drowsy eating. Um, so when I'm the other consideration about night feeding is in between that seven to 10 month time, um, there are babies who, if we continue to night feed, will be confused by that. It doesn't sound like to me in your case, Erica, that your baby is confused by those night feedings. Um, you get one to two, they go back down, they sleep well during the day, they fall asleep independently and that's working. So it doesn't sound to me like you're in crisis. Uh-huh. There are babies 
kids who, if we feed at night and um, we put them down to independently sleep during the day, they won't want to do that because they feed and then sleep at night. Then they say, why can't I do that before bed? And why can't I do that during the day? Right. Right. then we get a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of crying. Same goes for things like dream feeds with some older babies, not all disclaimer, disclaimer. <laughs> there are some older babies that can't dream feed because they're too aware of the dream feed happening. And then they cry before bed, they cry during naps. And so when these things happen, it's just a lot of crying um, that no one wants. And so in those instances, I would actually say, Let's wait to do any sleep training until you're ready, until you're ready to stop those feeds or baby is ready to stop those feeds because otherwise it can be really confusing. I'm not saying that as a blanket statement. I know there are lots of babies who dream feed successfully. I know that there are lots of babies like yours who night feed at night and are mostly okay, right? Uh Um, So there's that. There's that to think about. And then it comes down to, okay, like, and this is sort of where I think my philosophy in general about sleep training and life and being a parent in general is I am not enjoying my life. I am tired. I mm-hmm. have to get up two times. I'm following this nine-month rule. I don't know why. Um, I might want to ask more questions about that and feel better about it. Um, everyone's trying to make suggestions and decisions based on your best interests, right? Not theirs. Like I, uh, really your naturopath or your midwife is making that suggestion for a good reason. And so I would, I would double check why, but if it's not working for you and you have a healthy baby and everything is going well, you know, you might want to talk to someone about removing those night feeds. If everything else is going well, all those boxes are being ticked, you feel like you're ready, then Uh it might be okay to remove those. How you would do that is up to you. There's like, when you are night reading, you can do it slow and steady. So you can say, okay, I fed for 10 minutes tonight. I'm going to feed for nine. I'm going to feed for eight, da, 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 maybe every three days. You, depending on, you know, how often or how much your baby is eating, you could do a cold turkey solution. If your baby is like, kind of like suck, suck, pass out, they're not really eating and you feel comfortable just not having that. Um, with any of these changes, there will probably, it'll be met with some resistance. There will be tears involved when they're no, when they're waking, they're expecting something. And so you obviously want to work with a professional or talk to your doctor about a methodology that works for you to reduce those, um, reduce the amount of tears. Yeah. And that's what has me uh, sort of anxious about it because for so long we haven't been able to soothe him except by breastfeeding in the middle of the night like my husband will be in there for 40 minutes from you know shushing patting and then picking up and rocking and then trying to land back down and then nothing works and eventually I just you know lay in the other room listening to the screaming and eventually go in and feed him right and what can happen when that happens and I'm glad you brought this up and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm being a bitch and shaming you no it's fine what can happen is that this happens a lot this exact scenario happens I 
I'm positive I did it. I just have mom amnesia and everything's amazing when I think back to it, but it wasn't. But we all are like, okay, tonight's the night. I'm not going to feed my baby. We're going to do this. And then they cry for an hour. We're like, okay, I'm going to go feed them. It's been an hour. I'm over it. And then your baby learns, I have to cry for an hour before someone feeds me. And so it's, 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 it becomes like a chicken or the egg thing, right? Where they're going to cry for the hour. They're never going to give you the response that you want. So you feed them and then it becomes per, a perpetuating thing. Like it becomes a behavioral thing. So, and I'm not to say I should, I want to be really clear. Like we're not talking about this with like a four month old, like that four month old probably needs to eat. Yeah. So why it's so tricky to give generalized advice because I don't want someone with like a 10 pound four month old to be like okay Amanda said no longer than the hour I'm doing it and then we have other issues so um yeah I I mean obviously Erica if we were to work together I would do a deep dive with you and try to give you some strategies and some um tips and tricks if you're ready to do that earlier and when to know when it's the right time. But sometimes we don't necessarily know. And I bet if you were to wait till nine months, you would have the same reaction. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's just, you know, like you said, a self-perpetuating habit at this point. (laughs) Um, And I'm getting ready to, like, I'd like to have a night out at some point. Um, Yeah. You know, last weekend we tried to go to a party Uh, That happens every year. And it was me and my husband and our baby. And he rejected the third nap while we were there. So, you know, I came home early to put him to bed. But Mm -hmm. if we had a baby who didn't feed through the night, I probably would have asked someone to babysit. And I would have just stayed out and gone home in a, you know, time and got a worse sleep, but still have had someone at home for him. (laughs) Or just like have, you know, and this is where I think that, this exact moment, this is the conversation that is missing from sleep conversations. It's like, can we find a way to do something for baby that's healthy? And can we also find a way to help parents feel like human beings Uh and go outside? and be social and see their friends because that makes them really mentally well. And when you're mentally well, you're a better parent. When you're not exhausted and fearing the nighttime, you're a better parent. So I feel like it's just such, it's, it's like baby, 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 baby. Yes, of course, baby, of course, baby. But also, parents if you are just shells of yourselves no one is is thriving I can guarantee that it doesn't sound like you're a shell of yourself but there are people that do drag themselves around in fear of like these things you know so and you know I'd like to circle back to the very beginning of my two children who chose not to night feed no one made that happen Uh I had a gazillion asked me what I did to night wean. And I was like, I didn't night wean. And by the way, when you are working with me and I am including night feeds for your four to six month old, we do a strategy that allows them to self-select when they eat. And it's very, very, very rare that a baby will not take those feeds out on their own when every other sleep situation is independent. There are some babies that, you know, do need a little assistance. I won't lie. But generally, in general, if you start early enough, your baby will also night wean. Right. 
So there, there you go. I, that is all of my thoughts on night meaning. Um, everyone, this is like my number one question. If I ask, you know, if I do a Q and A, if I do a takeover, mm-hmm. every time I podcast, everyone asks me to tell them how to night mean. And I just don't, I really don't feel comfortable. And I hope, does this make sense? Why? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I've had, um, I've had experiences early on where I've said like, oh, so-and-so did it. And then like, I have someone with a six week old trying to sleep train and (laughs) I just can't handle that responsibility. Absolutely. (laughs) um yeah so and then I mean when if he you know when he starts teething like I just I guess for me it's like don't start feeding him again because it's easier (laughs) well okay can I then I want to also talk about this is interesting because then it becomes like a preference thing right Mm -hmm. there are and people who think, you know, my baby's in pain and I would prefer to feed them and comfort them. This is a very comforting thing. And it's my choice to comfort them that way. Or I bring them into my bed when they're sick or I do these things and I'm prepared to deal with the consequences. So again, there's no um, right or wrong with that. Um, And I'm sure this has pissed at least five people off this whole conversation. (laughs) But I'm, I'm trying to just have space for those, those types of thinking as well. I'm not, I don't want to say that's wrong or you're, you know, not doing the right thing by comforting your baby. Mm-hmm. I think it's like you make your choice and how you would like to comfort your child at that time. Right. And I mean, if your baby does have good sleep habits, the idea is that once you're over that hump, that getting back on track shouldn't be the worst thing you've ever done. Right. No. And when I'm, when I'm working with clients and I'm talking about sickness, I don't think that there's any wrong, anything wrong with going to your child and, and comforting them. In our house, we don't help them back to sleep, but we sit with them, pat them, love them up. I've definitely sat in a rocking chair with my babies, you know, when they're sad. I mean, they get back on track. They do. And in those moments, they need you in whatever way feels right for your family. Okay. Oh, that's great. Awesome. I hope this answered some of your questions. I hope it answered a lot of my listener questions. Um, and yeah, I, I, I know it's not a magic bullet, but um, if you are concerned, if you want um, advice, definitely you can hire a consultant or go and talk to your doctor. Those are my two my two pieces of advice there when making that decision. Okay. Maybe, maybe both in the near future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on and asking your question. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is so exciting. See you later. Bye, Amanda. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Slumber Party. If you're ready to help your little one get the sleep that they need and get your nights back while you're at it, Make sure to check out Amanda's signature DIY sleep training courses or work with her directly. For more details, head over to babiesbestsleep.com. Don't forget to hit subscribe, like, and review. Happy sleeping, everyone. <laughs>